0: Why, hello there, welcome back to another episode of Kia Speaks, Kia Talks, Kia Chatters. I would say it has been a long-awaited one, but ain't nobody waiting, ain't nobody really checking for me like that. <laughs> um, I'm being very serious though, but I mean, you know what, L- listen, okay, I'm back, and <laughs> I was thinking I'm gonna do like a little where have I been type thing and I'm like listen there's no need there's absolutely no need because we legitimately haven't been doing anything worthy of talking about okay so we will just move. We will just move as if I didn't just drop off of the face of the earth for a bit, like I just did. Eh? That's what we're gonna do. Because why? Because we're friends. Because we love each other over here, and we support each other through our disappearances. You know, that's what this friendship is all about. We we, we support each other. <laughs> um, yeah. On this here episode, I will be talking about one of the books I read in the time I was gone, of which. I was thinking about it earlier on today. I was like, actually, I felt like I haven't read a lot this year, but to be fair, it has been quite a few months. But I felt like I hadn't read a lot, but in actual fact, I read a lot. I read freaking Black Roots. I read Um I Know Why The Caged Bird Sings. I read The Heart of a Woman. I read Purple Hibiscus. I read Sport Milk. Um I- And this book, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, which is what I will be talking about today. And I've been in the middle of another book by Anne Deveson called Tell Me I'm Here. I've been reading that one for years. It's disgusting, honestly. I've been reading it for years, literal years. And but yeah, I I will get on with it. I will get on with it and I will finish it. But um, I'm realizing right now that this would be my first full book review. Is it my first full book review? I think I did the feel free one. The feel free by, um, I forgot the author's name though i did do the feel free book review but i wanna i wanted to try out a new style for these book reviews because i mean i don't want to be spoiling i mean but then again this is y- you are about to be shocked Hi. <laughs> excuse me um, I just got off of a phone call with my partner and, yeah. And he just called again. Jesus, this is a mess. But, um, I'm back. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? I don't remember what I was saying. Please excuse that interruption. Um, but... Like I was saying, I'm going on a new take of how I want to do these book reviews. And yes, I was saying you would be shocked because Gea from a few months back would have been shocked because I never was keen or, or like necessarily even really I questioned the purpose of self-help books. I, I would, Like even the term self-help just sounds... Not necessarily like barf, but like what? It it just sounds weird. So maybe let's we'll think of we'll think of another term instead of self-help. I don't want to think of it as personal growth, even though it is. It's just that these terms are like such. I don't want to not catch alls per se, but they're like so overused, and I don't know if they're even being used right anymore. So I don't even really want to use them, but. Um, this book, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, is essentially a book on how to navigate, uh, one's ego, which is very ironic because this book has a completely different take on the ego, uh, in contrast to that episode I made of Keep Your Ego. We definitely remember that episode. I definitely remember that episode and it was offering a completely different take on what, um, Ryan Holiday right now is saying about the ego and contrary also to very very many uh, contemporary beliefs about what the ego is all about right and I still think um, I I, I still hold on to a lot of what that that episode stands for and a lot of what I learned from that episode so um, I don't think it's contradictory at all i don't think it's very contradictory what i am holding on from that episode and what i have learned from this book because in essential like in all essentialness right uh, that episode was essentially saying don't indulge in the ego in a sense where it makes you become a rectal cavity basically don't be an asshole okay the the ego definitely has a way of turning people into assholes and that episode was also about that and this book is even more so about that um in this book uh he divided it into three sections part one being named aspire uh which details how he recommends uh we should be Dealing with the ego and the aspiration phase. So essentially as people, obviously, we, we all have things we want to achieve, right? We all aspire to achieving different things. We all aspire to becoming different things and and all that good stuff. And in, he talks about how to manage the ego in that phase. When you're still aspiring, when you're still dreaming, when you're still thinking about, when you're still planning, when you're starting to work on and while you're working on Uh, on what it is that you want to succeed in or you want to do and then there is part two called success of the book where he details um, how to manage your ego while you are somewhat in in a phase of those activities that you wanted to, to 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 do and the results are going somewhat the way you wanted them to. So he details how to manage your ego when you are in that success, relative success. And Maybe even temporary success, um and then there's part three, which he calls failure, which he details then how to how he would recommend you manage your ego when you are in a stage where you have not quite succeeded in what you wanted to achieve or you've achieved what you wanted to do, but then it goes south, so it is a very interesting book. I will not quite um. Say exactly what he says in each of those se- in each of those sections, but it it was an interesting read actually surprisingly um excuse the vibration, but that was a message um and it is it it did say very interesting things like i said i'm holding holding on that's not a very nice term but <laughs> um, I have taken a lot I have absorbed a lot From this book already In the time that I've read it And in the time of reflecting on it uh, Which reminds me of some meme to- Speaking about absorbed And holding on to things Learning from books so I remember seeing a meme somewhere They were like um, "Like, the, it, it, Have you seen that meme Where basically uh, it's, it's Morty From Rick and Morty Waking up looking confused as hell from a bed and it's that 3am waking up and you're confused about something or you're like where the fuck is my id or where the fuck is that t-shirt like that face uh but it was another animated character but had the very same face and the very same kind of concept and meaning and it said like how many fictional characters from all the books i've read have i absorbed into my personality and it had that face at the bottom and shit that almost gave me a fucking existential crisis in itself (laughs) almost the whole last existential crisis because I was like shit because obviously as when I don't know man I don't know if I'm talking to avid readers here but when you do read a lot of books with a lot of characters and you find good books like you do almost sort of absorb some of the 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 qualities of the characters you like the good qualities of the characters you like you do somewhat absorb those even for even for a little bit even if you even if maybe it might not even be for a little bit maybe you only see it for that little bit but what if like those characteristics really become integrated into your personality not even what if i'm sure that is a thing i wonder from which characters have i taken from and like to what extent That is a very interesting and a very trippy question. (laughs) But um, yeah, those are the three parts of the book. And in the new style of how I want to now talk about these book reviews and analyze these books is going into three things. Firstly is three things, three lessons that I got from the book, three things that I learned from the book and the top three quotes from the book that I really, really fucked with. And the top three things I'm working on on myself um, As a result of reading the book um, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same for more fictional books Because this is definitely non-fiction But yeah, let's just call it non-fiction instead of self-help <laughs> or personal development Let's just say we're reading non-fiction now I was very bored by non-fiction Okay, especially in the in the psychology philosophy realm I mean they do tend to have like they are they usually feel quite bulky and this one wasn't so I think it was a good introduction into getting into the feel of reading these types of books so um the three things that i learned from this book right the first thing that uh the first lesson i got was that thinking about doing stuff right thinking about the stuff that you want to do can easily make you feel like you've put in at least half of the effort you needed to into making it become a success for example like um let's say this episode right Let's say I was sitting there thinking about this episode and I was thinking there about like, oh, what I'm going to say and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that, and I'm going to say that. And I think about it like a lot and I even go online to read what other people have said about the book. I didn't, but let's say I did for for for, for the for the purpose of this hypothesis, okay? Let's say I went online, I read what people say, I went on YouTube and I watched what they said about the book. I've read... Uh, his peer reviews, Ryan Holiday's peer reviews on the book and all of that stuff. And i have like, you know, really, really bubbled and simmered in this book. That has the potential to feel like I've done a lot of the work already. That has the potential to feel like I've already done the episode and I don't need to do the episode anymore. Like that is definitely a thing that I picked up from the book that spending time hyper visualizing what it is you want to do will definitely hinder you from doing that thing and I remember my partner saying it once that don't think about it too much just do it and then you'll think about the rest as you're doing it and at first I thought he was being a bit a bit bummy but I kind of see it now maybe I don't know how exactly he meant it but from obviously from reading this book now thinking about it from a different perspective I'm like actually that is somewhat truth there is some truth to that because the more you think about it the more you visualize it it's a lot of effort so much more effort than we actually really think it is to visualize stuff to go on Pinterest and come up with these vision boards and pin stuff and pin stuff and pin stuff and it makes us feel like we've done the work when in actual fact we have not and the whole point Of achieving the things that you want to do. Is actually doing it. Is actually putting those visualized plans into action. Now when you've already spent a lot of that effort and energy. Into visualizing it. It can feel like I don't need to put all that much energy. Into making the actual episode itself. Which is so trippy to think of. Because it is so true. I don't know about... I don't know about any of you guys but I definitely experienced that heavily and I didn't notice it until I read it that that is a thing that is definitely prone to happening to people and that is why you don't end up doing the stuff you need to do because you've already you already feel like you've done it because <laughs> of all of that extra effort exertion but That was definitely the first lesson that stuck out to me. And the second thing, which is like, essentially that being worried about being perceived as hot shit is like just such a fucking waste of time. Like it's another extensive waste of energy. Like, not that I even do this. Consciously, but like, okay, let me be very, very, very frankly honest, right? Let me say, I'm making this episode right now, especially because it's a book review, right? And obviously, we do as human beings tend to worry about how we are perceived by other human beings because we are very social things. And as much as I don't prefer social things and people, I am a very social animal, and I have to admit that. And I do worry about how will I be perceived when making these episodes. Like, will I be perceived as slow? Will I be perceived as smart? Will I be perceived as bright, insightful? Will I be perceived as... Uh, Trendsetting is not the word. Ew, definitely not (laughs) trendsetting. Definitely not going to use that word. But... Like I said, being perceived as hot shit is just such a waste of my time and energy because I remember my partner and I were, yeah, we talk about, yeah, we talk, okay? So, and he was telling me about how he was, he was tripping balls, okay? He was tripping bare balls and he essentially came to the epiphany that, listen, literally nobody is checking for you like you think you are. And I will relay the story to you guys. He said that he was tripping off of some shit. I don't want to be specific, even though I know he doesn't mind. I know he won't mind even if I said what it was he was tripping off of. Um, he was tripping off of it and he was hanging out with his mate and he, his roommate was with his friends downstairs and he was with his friend upstairs in his room and his door was slightly open he said and he said he could heard that he could hear that his roommate and his mates were talking downstairs and he kept thinking about how shit what if they're talking about me and how i'm tripping what if they are talking about me like that type of stuff and he actually went to the point of Standing by his door, just close enough so he can hear what they're saying. And apparently they were talking about fucking religion. And we all know a a religion conversation fucking drags. Like it drags, it will go on forever. And it's literally purely about religion. Nothing else. And it's heated. And him in that moment, that's when it came to him that literally nobody's checking for you like that you spending all of that time thinking about oh my god what if what if they're talking about me what are they saying about me i wonder what it, wonder what they're saying about me why how are they saying it about me is such a waste of time is such a waste of energy because that energy that time Pala energy is literally i feel like energy is currency for me I know we do say that time is currency in actual fact, of which I don't disagree with. I'm not saying I agree with because I haven't quite turned over that just yet as intensely as I would like to, but I will. But energy is currency for me because energy is something that I could be putting into myself to become a version of myself that i like even more and that's another thing that i got from this book is that energy is currency that's another lesson in itself it's not in my top 3 but energy is currency effort is currency and if i spend that time and energy thinking about how i am perceived that's stopping me from doing the stuff that i need to do and talking about the stuff that i need to do that is stuff that I have said that I want to do coming out of a place that I know will help me become the version of myself that I like. It goes back to, to doing more things that make me hate myself less. I remember saying that at some in some episode that I want to start doing things that make me hate myself less. And the more energy I can put into myself, invest into myself and just like stop worrying about how I'm perceived is like, is a massive thing that I have to, it's a freaking game changer for me personally, because I definitely have not been diagnosed whatsoever, but I did have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of somewhat anxious mind space like a very anxious a very anxious mind space like I was definitely that person that I I feel like I haven't completely gotten rid of it yet but I'm definitely on my way there I feel like I'm on a good track on to finally going there I had a very a few months back a few weeks back I come from this space of having an extremely negative mind space about myself And that's, that's exactly why I feel like I was drawn to the book, Ego is the Enemy, because the ego is literally just you thinking about yourself. That is all that is encompassed in your head in a very, in a very self-centered way. Not even selfish, just very self-centered. Whether it is you thinking good about yourself or it's you thinking bad about yourself, of which I was on that spectrum, constantly thinking bad about myself, constantly thinking, even it even goes to oh my god, I feel like that person is looking at me thinking this, that person is thinking is looking at me thinking that. This person is is listening to me, thinking this about me. And it's like yikes fuck that is a that is a waste of so much so so much precious energy and I'm glad that I can I've seen that that's what I do and I've seen that that is a problem and I've seen how I could go about slowly dismantling that so that I can just build a new way about thinking about myself because uh uh-uh. uh, thinking about how, like, it's. think. how other people perceive you has literally nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with them. It's got absolutely nothing because it's like if somebody thinks you're an asshole because. of which is another thing I said to my partner once. I remember telling him, sometimes the things you say, I wonder if it's coming from a place of like being egotistic or if it's just that you had to learn how to be comfortable within yourself i really really wonder because it is a very fine line to walk when you are listening to somebody else as an outsider and they say something about themselves that a lot of people wouldn't dare say out loud that is actually positive about themselves that people wouldn't dare say out loud it's almost as if shit is this person Is this a massive-ass ego inside a massive-ass head or what is happening here? And literally yesterday, I had had that epiphany that sometimes it's not even people being egotistic. People had to learn how to grow into their own bodies, how to grow into their skin and feel comfortable. To feel comfortable and to be fine with being, with the feeling of how it feels with being with, within themselves. And that's, that's not something I've ever been able to comprehend. Because to be very honest, I have an incredibly hard time with identity issues and how I feel within myself. And saying that out loud right now, without even getting emotional, is a massive leap for me. be very very honest it's a massive leap but um before i ramble on and on the third lesson that i learned is that um actually putting in the work to become the better me that i like is the biggest act of loving myself that i could possibly do like a lot of people definitely i do not even want to say i don't even want to say like self-love is the biggest act of self-love because like i said those terms are so overused they even feel like they're being used wrong so that's why i said that the act of loving myself okay but um excuse me i don't even have any tea today Ooh, i didn't even say coffee i said tea i've been having so much tea i've been on a tea cake i haven't even, i haven't had coffee in so long which is kind of scary it's hot but i usually don't care I've been having so much tea. But anyway, um, yeah, like I was saying, I got distracted like I've got the fucking memory of a goldfish. We move, okay? We move. You can't be judging me. (laughs) You cannot. But like I was saying, me actually putting in the work to being the person that I would like to see myself as is the biggest way that I can love myself because, and again, it goes back to doing things that make me hate myself less. I I feel like that's actually, that sentence is even changing as I speak right now. As I speak, that sentence is changing from doing things that make me hate myself less to doing things that make me like myself a little bit more. Cause yeah it's definitely that sentence is even changing that is like it's not even going to being productive it's not even going towards doing stuff so that I can feel productive so that I can feel like I did something no it's coming out of a place of like okay this is who I want to be as a person And I think the way to get there is to do these small little things consistently and repetitively and over consistently, repetitively. That's all I need to do. And the little principle that I have built for myself out of this is already like it's already on my wallpaper and it's on my desktop background. It's like do what you need to do every day on time to the best of your ability and the things that I need to do, like I said, is out of a place of this is who I want to see myself as. It's got absolutely, it's 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 taken a seat very far back from being career-driven. Because I also realized that to be, personally, I feel like to be happier, I have to be happy as a person first. Career doesn't give people that solid sense of stability within themselves that's why we have imposter syndrome that's why people be in their in their positions feeling like they don't belong there feeling like they're frauds because they themselves haven't haven't built enough credit for themselves to recognize themselves as being worthy not even being worthy being deserving of being where they are and that is the biggest thing for me i want to be in a space where I feel like I have the skills to be here And that's why I'm here And when you are feeling that way When you are feeling When you're not worthy of being there When you are feeling What is the word I used? When you feel like you do belong there Like you earned being there That's when you can even do better That's when you can do even more You can put in even more effort into your career Because it's like Not only have I worked to be here I am excited to learn even more, to work even more. And that is how your career thrives. Theoretically, that's how it thrives. So it's like, who? why not try practicing that theory? Why not? Because I've tried to put career first and my sense of sanity after the the somewhat... Jeez, the wistful feeling of being somewhat successful in what I want to do career-wise. And then my sanity is after. And it's like, that's literally like putting the cart before the horse. That doesn't make any sense. I am the horse. I need to be in the front of the cart so that I can pull this thing. Because it doesn't make sense to want an extension of yourself to be better than yourself. Because your work is an extension of yourself. I feel like your work is a representation of how you have come together within yourself, how you have composed yourself. That is a reflection of you. And that's why I figured that, no, actually, this career before sanity thing has not been working for me. And that's why I've been so anxious. And that's why I've been so hateful of myself, feeling like I'm absolutely a failure and it's like I've been working on the wrong thing I really have and yeah those are the three lessons that I learned from this book very very insightful actually a lot more insightful than I even thought it was but those are the three things that I learned from this book and the three things that I'm working on after reading this book is getting out of my own head literally there is a chapter in this book called i think it's called get out of your own head or something like that but literally that getting out of the negative self-talk thing thinking of like literally kind of feeling like i have the truman syndrome feeling like everybody's watching every freaking move i make like who says nobody's checking for you like that i promise you nobody's checking for you like that people and i'm believing this even more i'm feeling like this is even more true because morgan had his own different experience of how he he found out that that was true when he found out his friends was actually speaking about religion and not him i got i'm getting that feeling of being like literally nobody's watching out of like talking to my friends and i remember posting this at some point being like guys literally every one of my friends that i that speaks to me when they finally feel like they can get stuff off of their chest everybody is going through something all the time there's literally no relief for no one at any given point in time if there's momentary relief for you guaranteed more than five of your closest friends are going through some shit. Whether they speak to you about it now or they're going to talk to you about it later, there is something definitely going not the way that they would want it to. And everybody is looking at that thing in their own lives. Everybody's trying to fix their own lives. Nobody's looking at your life, watching how you're walking. (laughs) Nobody's listening to your episodes thinking oh he you probably doing this you probably doing that and if there are people that do that because I'm not about to sit up here and say there are not people who do that when there are people who do that that's definitely not even the kind of people you should be even caring about because that's like evidently you're not even directing your energy towards the right things in your existence why must I care that you are directing your energy at my things like, you are legitimately misdirecting your energy. So it's like that kind of thing. Like just getting out of my own head, getting out of my Truman syndrome, thinking that everybody's watching. And the second thing I'm gonna be working on is getting out of my own way. First, getting out of my own head. Two, getting out of my own way. And getting out of getting out of my own way um, alludes to actually putting in work, actually working harder because I definitely see that I fell into the trap of hyper-visualizing my goals, hyper-visualizing things that I want to do, to the point where it felt like I had already done them, even if I hadn't taken a single action step towards doing it at all, at all, at all. Like I would literally, for the lamest example, I would sit in bed thinking about this thing that I want to paint. And I'm thinking about this thing that I want to paint for like two weeks. By the time I'm like tired of thinking about it, I haven't even picked up a freaking pencil. I have not done squat. The paper is still blank. That thing is still only in my head. It has not had any actionary any any action steps towards it at all. So it's like that is what I mean by actually putting in work instead of overthinking. Not even overthinking, just over visualizing. Just like thinking about the end result. Thinking about how nice it's going to look without actually doing it. Because like, really, when I even say that out loud, it's like stupid. It's so dumb. Like, why would you think that you are going to get something done just by sitting there and thinking about it? Like, please, I'm not even attacking anybody but myself. (laughs) Yes, I am attacking everybody, but like... Why would you think that that's actually gonna work? But anyway, and the third thing I'm gonna be working on is minimizing extension validation, like minimizing my need for external validation. And I've never been the kind of person that's like, "Oh, what are other people doing? Maybe I should be doing that." but I do also recognize that to a large extent I was the kind of person few weeks ago like I keep saying few weeks ago I was the kind of person that was like are the things that I'm doing being looked at as being positive instead of thinking about it from a perspective of are the things that I'm doing things that I want to see myself doing when I am looking at myself is this what I want myself to be doing instead of being like oh I need to be doing things that are viewed as being positive like that's sort of dumb shit like I mean I feel like it's stuff that we already know I feel like it's stuff that we all have the the gist of that it's stuff that we shouldn't be doing but it's like even in this book, it, he actually goes on to say somewhere towards the end that the trick about reading these these books, so-called these nonfiction books, we're calling it nonfiction, is to learn. I mean, it's easy to learn from your own experiences, but when you haven't had as much experience, the trick to all of this weird life shit, your weird life shit, is. To learn from other people's experiences that is the hack like if you cannot learn uh, that other people had to go through it by being like shit actually they weren't even talking about me you are not gonna you are gonna stay behind until you actually have that experience yourself in real life and that could take forever that could take forever. Speaking for myself, especially because I feel like I am a person of very, very limited experiences currently. I am in a, I'm under a rock and that is honestly out of choice. And I I don't even even know if I can say that that's something I want to change or not, but right now that is out of choice. And if I was to, to wait To have an experience like that where I would be able to be like I feel like they're talking about me And go and listen in to find out that They're not talking about me, that could take me years To get to a scenario that 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 would be that Conducive to that specific Epiphany, that could take me years Whereas I Really could just read it and understand it From other people's perspective And divulge that From other conversations with people That don't explicitly lead to that epiphany but that does connect to other dots to have that epiphany in the end so yeah minimizing external validation needs is something that i need to work on i can't keep being worried about how i'm perceived like i said that's a waste of my energy that's literally a waste of very very important important currency to me right now and yeah those are the three things that i'm working on after reading this book And then, my three quotes, right? My top three quotes. Uh, Jeez, I don't think they're in any particular order, actually. To be very, very honest, I don't think they're in any particular order. But, uh, the first one, I remember saying this to a friend yesterday as well. I was saying this to Kendai. She made a a brief stint appearance. Do we even call it an appearance on a podcast? Okay, she was present in an episode. (laughs) Um... The Toxic Sisterhood episode. Yeah, she made, she had her insightful input there as well. But I was telling her something along those lines of Ryan here wrote, um, my friend the philosopher and martial arts Danielle Boleli once gave me a, a helpful metaphor. He explained that training was like sweeping the floor. Just because we've done it once doesn't mean the floor the floor is clean forever. Every day the dust comes back. Every day we must sweep. And that's like, I think my, I think that's definitely my top one, my top coat here. It's just so perfect in explaining, (laughs) like, listen, just because you've cleaned up your act moderately once today, just because I've come to these these realizations today, doesn't mean that i will still hold them as firmly as i do right now tomorrow does not mean that at all i have to actively keep working towards holding these beliefs firmly because it's like you are going to have a dirty house if you don't sleep every day you are going to have a shitty life if you don't keep perfecting the things that you've learned that are good for you You can't sweep once, you can't do the work once and expect it not to be repracticed because that's not how this living thing works. Unfortunately, it's not. And I remember remember seeing a picture somewhere that says healing is not linear, it's more spiral. You spiral in and out of those feelings until the spiral becomes smaller and smaller and easier to deal with. But it's never just one line that progressively goes higher. It's never you overcoming an obstacle, and it's just upwards from there. No, it's like a whole squiggled line. It's a whole spiral. I'm sure. I hope you guys get um, that analogy. But um, my second of the top three quotes uh, was coming from. Actually, that first quote was coming from the epilogue, which was at the very end. But my second quote that I'm about to read comes from part two, which is success. And the chapter is called Always Stay a Student. And it goes on to say, too often, convinced of our own intelligence, we stay in a comfort zone that ensures that we never feel stupid and are never challenged to learn or reconsider what we know. It obscures our view from various weaknesses in our understanding until eventually it's too late to change course. And that is, I've seen that within myself as well. Not something I'm proud to say, not something I'm proud to have had, but I'm glad that I've seen that it's a problem. Um, I used to even say it a lot at some point that there's nothing on this planet that hacks me, that pisses me off more than being confused and I would actively go out of my way I would actively and I would go out of my way to avoid situations where I wouldn't feel confused and that's not how you learn that's not how you grow that's why you always need to stay a student you can't keep think you can't keep staying in spaces that 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 cuddle your feeling of superiority, you can't do that, I can't do that, I'm speaking to myself when I say you, you can't stay in those spaces, because that's literally counterproductive to what you're actually thinking you're doing, you're thinking by conversating with people about things you already know, is is building something even more within yourself, when it's like, no, it's just remedial work, it's just you going over shit you know, you're literally not learning anything new, and when you're not when you're not learning anything new, really, what is the point? Because already this planet, this whole existence, this whole existence thing, is very very futile feeling. So when you want to keep putting yourself in spaces where you really know the shit that's going on, and when now you are fine, you are fine, you are happy. Ah, uh-uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I'm glad that to a, to a large extent I've always had that about me and my character is that i've always i'm I'm a keen student i'm an avid learner i'm an academic at heart I, I always just want to learn things but i hate being confused and i have to get over that hate i can't hate being confused because that's how you learn you have to be confused first you have to ask questions to figure these things out especially the things that interest you things that you actually want to do not even just saying stuff like academically where you are forced to to do this thing but like things that you actually want to learn you can't avoid the confusion but um, the last quote that I have in front of me is from part one aspire under the chapter called work 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 Uh, well this is not really a quote but it's kind of a a paragraphish an excerpt so he says Excuse me. Uh the hard thing isn't dreaming big. The hard thing is waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat when the dream turns into a nightmare. Sure, you get it, you know that all things require work and that work might be difficult, but do you really understand? Do you have any idea just how much work there is going to be? Not work until you get your big break, not work until you make a name for yourself, but work, 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 forever and ever. Is it 10,000 hours or 20,000 hours to mastery? The answer is, it doesn't matter, there is no end zone. To think of a number is to live in a conditional future. We're simply talking about a lot of hours. That to get to where we want isn't about brilliance, but continual effort. While that's not a terribly sexy idea, it should be an encouraging one because it means it's all within reach for all of us, provided we have the constitution and humbleness to be patient and the fortitude to put in the work. And that's legitimately the going back to the sweeping thing you can't sweep once and expect to be done sweeping for the rest of your life you have to keep sweeping same goes with work actually putting in work it has to be continual it has to keep going you have to do it you literally have to learn to like working on the things that you need to do you have to learn to like it. If there's any way you're going to actually do what you want to do, you have to just do it. And you have to learn to like how to do how you, how, the process of doing it. Because the end result is so fleeting, of which there isn't really and truly an end result. The end result is that feeling, very fleeting feeling of like, oh, I got it. But then there's always going to be that especially speaking for myself that is when you learn something new you want to learn more things you learn this this one thing it feels like success it feels that fleeting feeling of ah finally got it i'm here successful in learning this thing but now there's this other one thing that is related to this thing that i just learned that i don't understand what is this thing and then you go back to working on that new thing and it's a new struggle with its new problems and literally forever it goes on so that's exa- that's the importance of doing what you love <laughs> doing what you love you have to actually like what you're doing to be able to put in the amount of work that would make you <clears throat> that would make you feel like you've you've done it well and that's a big thing I've also learned from this book is that success, as much as, like I say, it's all f- it's things we already know, success is relative. It's very self-defined. And as much as we say it's relative and self-defined, I also realized that this apparently relative and self-defined success was so externally driven, personally, was so externally driven. It came from that subconscious need to please. I mean, it's very ugly to say out loud, very ugly to say out loud, but it's true. It's true. And I think with a lot of ourselves, when we think about it at the core of what it is, like if you think, okay, why do I want to be successful in this thing? I want money. Why do I want money? I want to do this. Why do you want to do this thing? Like keep following that trail of questioning until you get to what your absolute truth is about why you want to be successful. And that is a very, it's a very hard line of questioning because sometimes you feel like you reach the end until you get to a different day. And it's like, actually, it goes further than that. Because this is why I don't like people. This is why I don't like you niggas. You niggas is complicated. You, everybody, people are complicated. And I know this with myself. I'm complicated. I don't know who the fuck I am. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. How the hell am I gonna know you? (laughs) How the hell am I gonna know anybody else? (laughs) How am I gonna do this? This is why I don't like Mm y'all. Nope. I don't I don't want to people anymore honestly this just reminds me of why I don't want to people (laughs) but anyway um that is my three 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 matrix of how I took what I took away from this book and that's the matrix I'm going to be using for all the other books I'm going to be reading of which I intend to do a lot of because I enjoy it and I've been wanting to do more of it so I have the opportunity to do it, so I will. And yeah, that was Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Um, definitely pick it up. I would definitely say go read it. Even if you might not have agreed with some of the things that I've said, um, definitely give it a read. Give it a read. It's a very light read. Um, it only took me three weeks because I like took a week off of reading it. So it kind of took me two weeks to read. Very light read. Um, Yeah, let me know what you guys think about it. If you intend on reading it, if you've read it before. Um, What do you think of... Actually, no. What do you think about what I just said about this book is irrelevant. (laughs) I don't even mean that in a funky way, but I don't want to hear it. I just hope you guys enjoyed the episode. So, Yeah and that is a welcome back to myself from me and yeah i hope you guys enjoy it and don't forget to dm me if you want dm me Eesh. guys don't dm me nonsense i've i've actually never been unlucky enough to have anybody dm me any weird shit like nobody's dm'd me any dick pics or like weird stuff like literally never ever ever in my life so I'm, I'm hope, I'm hopeful that nobody's about to DM me any weird shit, but that's on Instagram at gear.speaks underscore. You can, e- you can email me at gear.speak at gmail.com. You can check out gear speaks on Facebook and yeah, let's, let's, let's chat. Let's be peopley. Only for a little bit because uh uh, can't do this full time peopling thing. <laughs> but yeah, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye bye.